Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome back to another Five Yard Rush flagship show. I'm down, I'm back again. I missed last week, uh, and I was gutted about it because uh, I believe there might have been a bit of Formula One talk, Murph, that I may have missed out on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, that's my fault. You didn't miss it. It was me. I am. Um... I messed with the schedule by being unwell on Monday um, and oh, just no. didn't have the energy to to pod a bit a bit unwell the last sort of 10 days or so. So, um, And then, yeah, so I moved it to Wednesday. But Joe's coming back. He's keen. Uh, I know. Can't wait. End of Formula One season. No, okay, he'll, be back, he'll be back well before that. Don't worry about that. He was he's itching to come back, mate. I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of lot of a lot of language used, colourful language used last week, but that's fine. That's kind of what it's about, isn't it? When uh, you get someone on who's intrigued by our language, but yeah, you know, no, it was great and another great F one race this weekend. Um, it was. especially the ending. Anyway. I mean, like anyone who's not involved, anyone that's not. And listen, I said this last week. I, I was very much a disillusioned. F1 fan for for the last decade, yeah. and but so much better now. It's just it's it's almost like it's a different sport. It's gone back to racing. It's proper racing now. It's not. It's not. It's less about the machine. I mean, it's still yeah. more machine than I would like, but 
it's more equal. It's more about the racing. You can get close. Someone described I'm quite a Formula One enthusiast, and the fact that a car can now follow a car is actually yeah. huge for the sport. To, to, to be able to pull up behind somebody hindered your own chances, and that just destroyed it. Racing it's now added this whole element of strategy with DOS zones and actually you want to be second, not first straight away. And it's about how you can avoid being taken straight back over. Welcome to Five Yard Does Formula One. Five Yard Does Formula One. It's it's incredible. We're branching out. Well, listen, if we if we could get racing like this, it's you know, it's it's wax lyrical about it because it is it is fantastic. You know, we haven't got many sports on, it's an international break. Yes, no I know. Well, there's exactly no summer World Cup. Um or for Italy, no no World Cup at all. No World Cup, uh, yeah. They're used to that now. Sorry for those of you listening <laughs> in Italy, I do apologize. I know it's a sore subject, but you got a Euro, so you know, we felt like we needed to get one back. Um yeah. but yeah, not not too much news. Uh, you're keeping well now, are you? <clears throat> I'm getting there, mate. I'm getting there. I'm not hundred percent, but I'm uh, I'm definitely sort of in the 80 percent zone and good. Oh, yeah, that's um, it. With kids like myself, you take eighty percent. That's all you can yeah. hope for now. That's it. Function, function on eighty percent. I had a, a dodgy <clears> reaction <throat> to to some antibiotics and yeah, completely cleaned me out. So it's good to yeah. it's good to be having a cup of tea, mate. I've not even had a cup of tea for a week. So uh, talking of the last week, we've had quite a quiet news after quite a rather eventful two or three in the NFL. We've had a, a bit of a lull now. Um, yeah, major news. I guess the biggest one is probably Rojo going from the Bucks to the Chiefs, and there's not a lot else on top of that. Rojo and MVS after the the Tyreek Hill trade, which we did with Joe, and um, yeah, not not it's been a bit of a lull. Um, double double delight for Detroit today. They've got the 2024 draft. I reckon Detroit would be quite a good city to go and do the draft in. Yeah. Um, so I think that would be interesting for sure. And then they're going to be on hard knocks, which. If they put him on hard knocks last year, I'd have been so anti it. I'd have been like, I don't want to see Detroit on hard knocks. But actually, they could have the been a coach, though, would they? Well, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> the way that they, the way that they won people around, Dan Campbell. Um, I don't think there were many better. The thing is, here's my thing with hard knocks. hard knocks. Just isn't it's not a good product. Right? It's fine. Yep. It kind of scratches the the need of a program and. I think it gives an insight to quite a few into an environment. I don't think it does. Is. I I really don't. I think it's I think it's very arbitrary. Um, yeah. I don't think you get much insight. I think most of the conversations. No. Yeah, here's the thing, right? So the one I think the you, one, if it's your team, you get to see a bit of the personality behind the player. That's probably about it. Yeah, mm. uh, but I I don't know how much of that is real. I think that's the problem. Is I much prefer all or nothing because it seems to capture. Yeah moments significant moments i mean i mean i don't know if you ever saw the charges and the rams uh hard knocks during mm-hmm. the pandemic that was yeah. single-handedly the most boring television show i've ever watched i mean it was awful i couldn't i couldn't even finish it i got, yeah. I, I didn't care i was like oh great i'm just basically watching grown men put swabs up their noses and take temperature <laughs> checks yeah. and it was just like oh so and so's come down with it Oh, so but the thing is, you already know to come down with it. It's like the it, it's behind, it's basically yeah. you get the spoilers and then you watch it. It's like, uh, yeah, all right. I just hard, hard knocks, hard knocks. But with Dan Campbell, I'll watch it. Hopefully, it'll be a bit more interesting. I can't, to, I'll be honest with you, mate. I can't remember the last time I watched and and a regular hard now. The indie one was good because it was mm-hmm. a bit more in seasony, so there was stuff going on and I, I quite liked yeah. it. 
the last hard knocks I'd say I, I I can remember anything meaningful from. And I mean, it is when Darren Waller was on for the Raiders. That episode was pretty good, and his yeah, story yeah. where he got to uh, Carl Nassib and the financial yeah, the compound advice, interest, yeah, and the compound interest yeah. that was quite cool. But they're snap, they're, you know, five six episodes. They're snapshots, yeah, moments, yeah. So anyway, but they've got the draft, so that'll be cool. That's why they did it, is so they could get the draft. So they have that now. But that's it. MVS in 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 Kansas City, um, and he's joined by Rojo. So we'll, I guess we'll have a conversation at that point. I thought we'd do. Well, I guess you, you know you set up today's show, and, and so we were going to have a guest. So Tom um, Tom Stracken, those of you who know him, uh, formerly of uh, who's Best Ball UK on Twitter. He's yeah. now got a different handle. Uh, he was going to be on. Uh, he's not feeling very well. So, Tom, if you're listening, um, do get better soon. Best of luck. Uh, there's a lot of colds. There's a lot of crap going around. Half of our Bucks group have got COVID uh, at the moment, haven't they, Dan? So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Phil, Sook, and, and anyone that I know that's got COVID right now, get well soon. There's a lot of people down. So, uh, yeah, uh, we, we've pivoted slightly, but we should have yeah. a good show anyway. Well, we spoke to me about what we're going to do, and I said this time of year we're looking at Something all over social media and all over the websites at the minute is people's rankings, whether it be dynasty or redraft, but we're going to look at it from a, a dynasty point of view at this stage. And personally, it's not something I've, I'm going to say I've never done. It's something I've never put to paper because I guess anybody that plays fantasy has them in their head because you have a preference. So you, you yeah, intuitively have done that system, but to put it on paper and see it and view it, um, it was something I thought about doing this off season and you obviously do it all the time. So we said we'd put them up. We said about how we go about creating your rankings and what you're looking for and how that works. And then we have a look at yours and see perhaps if I may differ in my head, if that makes sense. So yeah, absolutely. So happy to go through that. How do you want to do this? You're piloting the show. Do you want me to just pull the drags up now? Or do you want to talk about the process first or what do you want to do? Um, no, so here we are. I'm sat here. I've gone, right, uh, I'm starting to draft. I'm starting a best ball draft. Tom's listening. We're, it's dynasty startup season. We're looking at the new draft rookies coming in. You've got rookie drafts coming up in the leagues. You've got – how do you set about – where do you start compiling mm. the rankings? What's – do you look positionally? How do you start? It, it's a really good question. So I, I preface this by saying I have different strategies depending on – the format right so redraft is done purely on projection basis Mm -hmm. so we have a redraft and i won't do i won't do a full projections work up until after the nfl draft because Mm -hmm. at that point we have a snapshot as to kind of what the team's going to be so we've started doing some work in the background and now what i mean by projection and where people perhaps are like oh well how do you put projections together I'm not going to go through and spend 20 minutes explaining it, but I'll give you the, the basic concept, right? When you look at a team, you work out how many passing attempts and how many rushing attempts they're going to have. Now, if you're doing this for the very first time, the simplest way of doing this is look at the teams that are what are called continuity teams. Mm-hmm. So that's teams with the same relatively stable environment. So, teams with the same coaching staff for the most part. So offensive coordinator, uh, head coach, quarterback, mostly the same sort of personnel. But at least if you've got 
quarterback, offensive uh, coordinator and head coach, and hopefully running back, although that's not as important, then you've got a bit of continuity there. Mm -hmm. And then that helps you because what you can do is depending on how many years you've got of that, you can start to get a picture of how many passing attempts they would have. So, for example, if I'm looking at the 2022 Buccaneers, I would look at what Arians, Leftwich and Brady have done over the last two years from a passing uh, attempts perspective. And then I would look at how many plays they run. In, so I just find an average number of how many plays they run per season. And that gives me just a rough number of passing plays versus rushing plays, at least a base number to work off. So it's total plays. You're looking at a number around about 1,100, 1,200, give or take. Could be a bit more, could be a bit less, but let's use that yeah. as a base. And let's say the Buccaneers go, you know, 600 and uh, it's probably not even 1,200. So probably like 1,100. So probably let's say they go 600 and 50 passing attempts and 450 rushing attempts, mm-hmm. right? So then now that's my base level of, okay, so I know they're going to do 650. Well, that's kind of what I'm projecting. So then I think about, okay, so from that perspective, I know Tom Brady's going to throw the ball 650 times. Let's look at his completion percentage, which again, you right. can find. Look at what he's done in the last two years or his career or whatever. Um, so you know he's going to complete 66, 67 percent of those passes give or take um mm-hmm. so then you have how many completions he's going to have and and that's important because when you do that you now look at how many targets versus how many potential catches there are so now mm-hmm. what you're doing is you're trying to work out from everyone on the team who gets those catches yeah. so you look at the target percentage mm-hmm. and the catch percent uh, catch percentage of those players and then you start to just distribute it's almost like um, trying to think of a, of a good way to explain this, but you're just basically distributing where these are all going to go. And then the same with yeah. the rushing attempts. Who's going to run the ball? You know, Fournette's probably Have you got a free down back or have you got a share back field? Right, and then you start splitting them down, and, and yeah. that's basically how you do it, right? So that is a basic way of doing a redraft uh, projection, right, in its theory. Uh, and then you refine the process. And I, I tend to look at, if there are changes of coaching staff, I look at what they've done. So if I was looking at Miami, I look at what Mike McDaniel has run. So I take almost a little base of San Francisco. It's, and it's much harder because you don't actually have a real number. You're kind of having to guess, is McDaniel going to run a very similar sort of process as he did in San Francisco? What about Josh McDaniel? Mm-hmm. What's he going to do with the Raiders? So you have to um, sort of amalgamate what's there versus what you what they've run in the past and kind of merge on the two and it's guesswork right this is why preseason projections are quite i mean i always say the guesswork they're intelligent guesses that's kind of what they are and then the reason why people's projections get better as the seasons go on is because you've got mm-hmm. data you now get the idea so that's why week-to-week projections become important and, and better when you look at best ball very different best ball you're looking at uh, who are the players who are going to put up big kind of consistency goes out the window. Yeah. You don't care yeah. about consistency. It's why someone like Will Fuller, who might only play like four games, but three of those games will be for 120 yards and two touchdowns. You're like, okay, well, I, I need to take him because he's going to have a couple of those games where he goes off. So you're looking for, rather than the steady eddies who are going to be 60, 70 yards and, and a score, Mm-hmm. I need the people who are going to have the high ceilings. Now, they might have yeah. the low floors, but the idea is if I have loads of players with just high ceilings, 
You're only one of them go off every week. Correct. Right. So I'm. So do you form a core basis, whether it be your redraft, probably of rankings, and then adjust it by age for dynasty and adjust it by big play opportunity for best ball? And so do you have a baseline that you then adjust? It's a it's a hard one. So what I do, my process is I basically take my project, I take my my end of season rankings from mm-hmm. Dynasty, and then Dynasty for me is a lot more feel, right? Because yep. this is the one I'd say is the least scientific for me. Because you're not going to be able to project three years out, f- three five years out. Right. Yep. So what you have to do with with Dynasty, what I do, and you don't have to follow me. You can, there's a number of different ways you can do Dynasty rankings, but I tend to age is uh, one factor I look at: length of contract, length of time on team, situation, and what I mean by situation is well, what's going on with that team. I don't like players where there's a lot of change. Mm-hmm. So, for example, someone like Devonte Adams for me. He, he goes magically down in my rankings because he's not that young. He's going to a new team, which at his age is not always a great sign of an indicator of success. The talent should prevail through. So I give him a buffer there, but he's also going to a brand new head coach um, with a new system. Yep. So there's a whole, there's a whole lot of fluxes. So someone like him doesn't, in, in my views, and very similar to Tyreek Hill, almost exactly the same. And then the quarterback mm. play. They both have, both these players, downgrades at quarterback from what they had, downgrades in offense from where they were. They also have flux situations, brand new head coaches. In fact, Tyreek Hill's is slightly worse because he's a brand new head coach. And they're both from into divisions with very good defenses. Well, yeah, and, and that's another, it's another yeah. factor to put into, and there's so many different factors. So age is important, uh, but also you have to look at situations. So you have to look at, say, someone like Amon Rasse Brown. Now, you would look at Amon Rasse Brown, you look at his end of season and say, hey, he had a really good end of season. Yes, but he still has a terrible quarterback situation in Jared Goff, which mm-hmm. is unreliable. There isn't also the talent this year to really generate and replace that, which means he's unlikely to see a huge increase this year mm-hmm. from where he was. So we've kind of seen what the best outcome is for Amon Rao, St. Brown already. And then, say, next year, they, they go and draft a rookie. That's going to be another year of betting in because not all rookies do fire out the cannon straight away. Yeah. So we're looking at a couple of years of Amon Rao, St. Brown being... Good, but his ceiling is going to be capped due to situation that he can't control. Now, that's a, again, it's a, I'm playing most likely outcomes. Not he could, he could absolutely smash the ceiling, and he could be the best wide receiver in football over the next two years. That's he's in his range of outcomes. And I'm really, yeah, I'm just capping that based on experience and level of of information. So I think, okay, I'm going to cap him based on his situation versus others in their situation, and mm. then. In my dynasty rankings, I have the rookies. Now, they don't have landing spots yet. So over the course of the last two and a bit weeks, my rankings have changed daily due to players moving into new teams. That's trades. That's free agency. Um, And then we're starting to get a picture of what these teams are starting to look like, where teams are investing in their money. 
And from there, we start to get an idea of sort of landing spot. What's the impact on that? What likelihood are they going to get a share of that? Um, and then okay. we start to just build a picture. But then obviously I have the rookies in there. Now I have the rookies where I've got them is based on what I've seen from them. And I use a mixture of combine analytics and tape. I do watch yeah. uh, <clears throat> college games and I devour and come up with players who from you know players who I think can separate who have good technique I look at players who um, you know where they play how they play how they conduct themselves I think the personality part is something I put into my rankings a lot more than others and that's okay. something that does kind of help me out because there's been a few players I've gone and looked I just don't think character wise they're going to sit well in the NFL and they haven't you can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforumc.org. And then I've had other players, and, and, you know, people ask me about Davis Mills and say, well, you know, how did you predict that Davis Mills would, would be good in the NFL? Yeah. Now, listen, Jerry's still out a little bit, you know, but he is going to get the starting job He's in Houston He's capable, now. yep. But he is capable, but it's like, how yep. can you project that this third-round pick is going to be, you know, serviceable in the NFL? You look at his traits, but also you look at his character and the way that he carries himself, the way he interviews himself, the way that he talks, you know, it's, it's almost like that Tom Brady effect. I'm not saying he is Tom Brady or anything like Tom Brady, but I mean, <laughs> the part that yeah, people it. don't no, evaluate. It. Yeah. But people don't have that baked in and that personality <clears throat> part, no one, you know, the character and the way that people carry themselves is so, so important yeah. that it's not just people talking a good game. You know, this is why Mitch Trubisky, you know, famous thing about Mitch Trubisky and why I didn't like him at all coming out was he was arrogant. He was arrogant. He deliberately didn't show up to certain meetings. Um, Same goes with with, um, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins turned up late to coaches' interviews. Yeah. Like, who does that? Who turns up to the most important job interview of their life and turns up late? Like, that's why when Dwayne Haskins, I just, I, he wasn't a thing to me. Like, I didn't mm. own any Dwayne Haskins. I was like, I don't want him. I'd rather, I'd rather have no quarterback than Dwayne Haskins because he's not a thing. <laughs> Guys that turn up late to the most important interviews of their lives and the way that they conduct themselves is so, so important. You know, Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones in his first season with the Buccaneers turned up overweight. Uh, he lived off a diet of marijuana and, and burgers. Like, that yeah. is, that's what he did. And listen, you can't blame kids dream, for right? that. Yeah, but, I mean, you can't <laughs> blame kids for that because it's all about the guidance and the structure yeah. that they have. Yeah. And, it, you know, they're 21-year-old kids. I'm not killing people for that, but I'm just saying 
it's always going to knock their ability to be the best they can be, and therefore they're going to go down in my ranking. So my dynasty rankings get that kind of feel of situation mixed okay. in with character, personality, opportunities to thrive. Who's going to take those opportunities for them? And I'm thinking ahead as well. I'm thinking, when do they hit free agency? Are they likely to change teams? If they change teams, are they going to go up or go down? And and they're all kind of variable factors that you can't control. But okay. there's no point taking someone now really high who's a year away from free agency. They're on a really good team. It's why Chris Godwin, for me, was a risky prospect in mm-hmm. last year. Because I was sitting there in, in the startup draft thinking, I don't think I can take Chris Godwin where he is because – he might not be, and he, for me at that point, he wasn't likely to be on the Bucks next year. No. Or, I mean, the year. Or even if he was, um, you know, the quarterback wasn't the time. Uh, exactly. So for me, too yeah. many questions to plump that pick. I'll go with something where I know there's a bit more security, and that's kind of okay. where I get to to my rankings. So I've looked at putting mine from my head to paper, and the way I don't know if it's a good way or bad. I'm a very gut feel player I guess as I say everyone does their rankings in their head because you do you yeah. sit at a draft board and you look at it and you choose who to pick so you rank them in your head I was looking at the prospect of doing it position by position so say starting with quarterbacks and doing right I'm in an imaginary hypothetical quarterback only draft who am I picking okay mm-hmm. he's gone right who do I want next right yeah. he's now gone who's next would that be a good way to go about it do you feel especially for dynasty side I feel it would work a bit better yeah, I, I don't think, especially, I think there's certain positions that absolutely, and I'd say quarterback and tight end, you mm-hmm. can do this. Because the one thing that fantasy analysts are very good at is predicting quarterback play. Um, if you look at people who project quarterbacks, they might not get the right order, yep. but they'll, they'll pick eight, ten of the top 12 every year. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, there's never really a big surprise, a big shock. But that's just and there is in the ball. There's only one of them to throw the ball, where there may be five of them to catch the ball, and you've got to work that out. It's just a bit more predictable. It's it's not yeah. perfect, but it's the one that position that we have a bit of idea of where people are going to finish and and what we expect. Now, obviously, there's injuries. There is someone who can come leaps and bounds every year. There's always one or two that can shock, but it's it's not huge numbers yeah. because there's only one per position. Same with tight end. There's only one per position. There's not many guys. They're not overly injury-prone players. You don't see many quarterback injuries. You don't see many tight end injuries. And when I mean injuries, I mean like long-term, unless yeah. something severely happens, like the Joe Burrow thing. And, yeah. But they are anomalies not consistent that you would get with, mm-hmm. say, like a running back. So, yeah, I think I think that as a strategy is, is fine to start off. As you're thinking, the, the two things I would say, is this one you have to think about ADP because the last thing you want to do is let's say you have Trevor Lawrence for whatever reason you have Trevor Lawrence as a top five quarterback right in dynasty you think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a top five player now just because you have him as your number five quarterback does not necessarily mean you should take him as the fifth quarterback off the board so you need to think about, even though that's where you do your rankings and, yeah. and this is where the gameplay comes in, you need to evaluate that alongside ADP. Yeah. And you need to think about where you would take these players. Because when you start putting all the numbers together and you if you do like a combined rank from one to 300, 
you know, that's where the ATP kind of comes into play because yeah. you might have, you know, you might have Trevor Lawrence as, as QB5 and that might be around like 60. But actually taking him at pick 60 would be stupid. It would be mm-hmm. it would be nonsensical when you can get him at pick 100 or whatever it is. Yeah. So it's having that. And then also the other thing I suggest to people is if you are radically well off ADP and that's not a problem, ask yourself why. Why? I guess ADP is everybody's rankings amalgamated to one. Effectively. So, so when you, you the, have... The key to the game we spoke about with Hannah is working out where your opinions and value differ to the consensus. Exactly. And listen, the consensus isn't always right. No. And it's it's good to be away from the consensus, but you have to understand why you're away from the consensus. Yeah. And that's just as important. Because if you can understand... I, you know, I remember someone asked me about rankings and projections, and they... They projected a player, I can't remember who it was now, um, to be well, well above where I thought they would end up and and well, they mm-hmm. did end up in the end. And I asked, well, why do you think that will happen? And and basically, when they looked back, it was because they said, well, he's going to throw the ball 700 times. And I went, no QB throws the ball 700 times. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. So that's where you're, all of a sudden, you've got to take 50 attempts off. That's 30, 35 completions. That's X amount of yards, that's X amount of touchdowns, and it, it starts to funnel down. So if you if you haven't worked out your rankings that way, when that and that's absolutely fine, and you've just gone, well, I like him, but mm-hmm. why? Ask you, just keep asking yourself why. Why do you like him? Okay. Why do you think he is going to finish? And and get yourself to justify yourself with a, a solid answer. Now, listen, I'm not saying you should do that on every player. Far from it. But if you're severely higher or severely lower, you need to ask yourself why. And I mean, well, it's it's severe. Effectively. yeah, because, you know, the way I look at it is this, this you, you just need to know because it, it's yeah. either process and you, you become better by asking yourself the questions or you, and the other thing I always do is I always talk about my rankings with other, with other people mm-hmm. and I group think them and I, I ask people. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's another thing that I do is, is I group think my, my, and I say to people, yeah, why, what do you think? And then I justify them and they justify theirs and we go from there. Maybe we'll do that in a future episode. We'll have mm. a look at yours today. I'll compile Great. mine and we'll see where we differ and how we got there, I guess. So, yeah. Um, and, and there's no right answer. Like at the end of the day, there's no right answer, but it's about process. And, and the good thing about those conversations is they will get you thinking, but more importantly, they will, you'll gleam information yep. that either you don't already have or you'll have a reflection on a process that you have done and go, well, okay, yeah, I didn't think of that. I'm going to go dig into that. Fine. And do you keep yours positionally separated or yours all players in? I always keep mine positionally separated. Um, The reason I do that is because I don't want to... (laughs) The thing is, is I look at the board... You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org.
this is almost like counterintuitive, right? Because the idea is, well, I put it all together and whoever the highest ranked player on my board yeah. is who I would take. Yes, but I also look at position scarcity. That, to me, is mm-hmm. more important. Yeah. So if, for example, I'm looking at where runs on positions are, so I'm thinking That's about the league early on with quarterbacks, yeah. Exactly. And I'm looking at my tiers. Yeah. Now, I haven't got tiers baked into these right now, and I'll explain why in a minute. Yeah, but if I have tiers on my rankings and I sit there and I tier them off, I want to know, is there one player in my running back tier? Is there two players in my running back tier? Is mm-hmm. there five players in my running back tier? Because if there's only one player in my in my running back tier, but there's seven players in my wide receiver tier, I, I, need, to, I need to take the running back. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not that's the best "quote unquote" value, because I'm basically saying is I'm taking a position less or a tier less in my running backs if I miss this player. Whereas the likelihood of me getting one of my wide receivers is quite high because I've got seven players there, mm-hmm. and to me they're all kind of a much of a muchness if I've got them in the same tier. Now if I haven't done my tiers right, and I'm still leaning towards the wide receiver, that's telling me that I've done my tiers wrong. So that's why I keep them separate because I want to see where I've got the scarcity in tiers. Okay and think about where do I need to pivot? And the same way okay. that if I've taken a lot of one position in like quite early, how to fade that position and think, okay, so what do I have to do? Where do I move around the board? Okay. So should we get into your, your rankings and have a little look yeah. and explain to us how you got into them? And... Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, start with QB, yeah. shall we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely should start with the old The easy QB. to predict ones, your words. <laughs> yeah, I I think they are. All right. <laughs> and these are your uh, dynasty rankings. For the these record. are my dynasty rankings, so I haven't done a full projection. Now, the reason I haven't done tiers uh, per se is let's just zoom this a bit. So can we enlarge that? Jeez. Yeah, I'll do a bit more. Because <laughs> I had to look through earlier when you sent them over. And... All right, let's do that. I'm stuck out. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. These so the reason these aren't tiered is because there's been so much movement. Maybe not so much yeah. on the quarterback side, but in in the other uh, positions with free agency moves, etc. So I will tier them up again. But I, for right now, I'm kind of just not quite there to to tier them yet. But definitely, I think in the next uh, couple of days. So this is where I've got my this is where I have my dynasty rankings, and I'd say that's pretty chalky. Uh, yeah. top six, top seven. I don't think there's anything yeah. there that's going to alarm anyone. People might have players in a different order, but I don't think there's anyone there that's, that's too okay that. yeah. weird. No. Uh, so the first question, Mark, is is where do you put Deshaun Watson? Mm-hmm. Um, he is at eight <laughs> because I think he serves a suspension for this year and he's been out a year and then I think he's going to miss another half year. So for me, that's a year and a half of football he's going to miss. So, age-wise, profile-wise, everything looks good, but I kind of need to see what we're going to get. So, I can't put him any higher than than eight, okay? Because I know those first seven, I can, I can take to the bank for the next yep. five years. There's no one there I'm Fine. overly worried about. Deshaun Watson, I, I can't say that. So, I have him as kind of the best of the rest, uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, the next one intrigued me. Okay, so why did Russell Wilson? So, in the sense of he's what behind these guys, or he's um, over certain. In terms of what you just said about new offenses, new coordinators, new schemes, new so on, uh, and you've got some settled guys there that have performed below him. Yeah, age. 
Um, So I look at... So let's talk about the players that are below him. Okay, Um, Russell Wilson's 33. You've got Matt Stafford, two down, who's 34. So similar length of time. Matt Stafford has missed a lot of time with his back and arm and... I, I don't I'm not convinced Matt Stafford plays past five years. I'm okay. and, and and to be honest, I don't even give him five years. I think he's got three, yeah. maybe okay. four. Um so I, I that's where I have Matt Stafford based on the types of injuries that he's had. And based on the fact he's now won that ring and he, he's gonna be competing for an, another ring, I think we're looking at Matt Stafford and saying losing hunger, maybe. I don't think losing hunger, because, but I think we are in the twilight of the Matt Stafford career. And I okay. think that team will drop off in a couple of years, salary cap and everything like yeah. that. So the Rams are very much in a win-now window that they can't continue and maintain forever. And when I think when that drops off, they move on from Stafford. And then where does Stafford go? I think we've got a, a three-year window with Stafford. I can't see anything past that. Whereas with Russell Wilson, I can see a five-year window. And okay. that's important. That gives a bit of longevity. Uh, not to mention, obviously, Russell Wilson has great weapons. Yes, there's a bit of flux there, but mm-hmm. I, he moves to a much better situation than he was in. And I think it's it might be a bit bumpy at first, but I think with Nathaniel Hackett um, and with the weapons he has there, I, I just think I'd take that stability of Watson versus the... And also, you've got a little bit of a rushing threat there with, with, with Wilson. Not It's not huge, but... Yeah. You know, Russell Wilson can go for, for 400 yards on the ground. Matt Stafford isn't isn't going to do that. So that's also a nice little tiebreaker. I don't think they're miles apart, but that's why I have Wilson slightly higher. But you're when you come to tier it, you're looking at them probably being in a similar There'd be no more there'd be no more than one tier apart. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Um Jalen Hurt stuck out as another one as well. Obviously QB nine on the year last year. But you've got him now twelve. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so thirteen. I've got him. Um, thirteen is it? Can't see. It's just it's just uncertainty of if, if I knew Jalen Hurts was going to be the quarterback for the next three years, I'd mm-hmm. move him up the board. I, I just okay. don't. I have this feeling that he will play this year. I'm not convinced. It, this is a massive year for Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. has a good year this year then I think absolutely he'll be nailed on for the next few years and he'll move up my boards. Until okay. that happens, I'm slightly So I think hesitant. we're in a different place. I think Hertz had that year last year. Yeah, see, I don't. I think this okay. is the referendum year on Jalen Hurts. And okay. I think that they traded Wentz to see what they've got in Hertz. I think they're reasonably happy, but I don't think they're completely sold. And I think this Fair. is a big a big year on the referendum of Jalen Hurts. This is a personal view, uh, but mm-hmm. it would not shock me that he had a okay season and they moved on after using all these picks to rebuild their team in 2023. It also wouldn't shock me if he stayed. So I'm kind of in this hedging mode, which is why I have him at 13. If I was convinced one way or the other, I would either have him higher or lower. But he, instead, he's in wow. this kind of tier of solid production in short i've kind of got him in a short term tier which is what i would call this stafford rogers hurts if you excuse lawrence there brady they're all for me in like a short term tier um if i knew hurts was going to start longer i'd, I'd move him up but at the moment so he's to kind that of token yeah why is trey lance 
ahead of him for you because they're in a similar situation. Jimmy G's still in San Francisco. There's no guarantee sat here talking to you today. Trey Lance starts week one. No, there isn't. And, and it, it wouldn't shock me if he didn't start week one. No. But at some point, you don't... You know, people compare him to Jordan Love, right? And and listen, I, I, I'm going to go on record here and say I wasn't a fan of this pick. Um, I don't think Trey Lance was good enough to be selected at three overall. And that's probably harsh because he's never played in the NFL. But <laughs> Trey Lance is that Konami code. He's that cheat code at quarterback in fantasy football where he's going to rush a lot. He's going to have a high amount, a high propensity of rushing yards, six, 700 rushing yards uh, minimum, plus what he can do with that arm talent uh, in the San Francisco Carl Shanahan offense. He might not start today. And, the, and the, again, he, he's down at where he is at 10 because there's no guarantee he starts, but mm-hmm. he will start this year at some point, whether it's week one. So you think if he's a regular seven. starter and he performs as you'd expect, you'd get Jim into that seven, eight, that sort of bracket there. He could do. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, he'd be ahead of Wilson for sure. Mm-hmm. I think after that, I'd need to see the results, but yeah, he, I mean, I can see a path to him being more valuable than Russell Wilson, but there is that okay. little bit of uncertainty there, but still I'm very high on Trey Lance, the fantasy quarterback, because I believe of all the quarterbacks that were drafted last year, he's the one that's got this highest, path to success uh, and that will come as a result of that rushing floor on um, you know the arm the, the offense he's in he has all the tools and weapons to succeed in that offense that he could okay. ever want so we are all entitled to sexual health just as much as physical and mental health we want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforumc.org. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforumc.org. Yeah, for me, if I if I was to buy any of these young quarterbacks, he would be the one I would I'd be investing in heavily, and I did in rookie drafts last year. So that's why I have Trey Lance uh, ahead of these short term folks because of the fact that he is, you know, uh, don't get me wrong. If I was looking to win the next two years, I'd rather Aaron Rodgers than Trey Lance. But if I'm looking to play beyond two years, then that that changes significantly. Okay, scroll down a little bit for me if you can. Can we see yeah. a few more? Because there's the next little group. Got me. Then we'll move positions. So there we are. Justin Fields at 14. No, 16. 16. Oh, my eyes, man. You've got Tura at 17. And then our first rookie makes an appearance at 18. So talk me through those three a little bit if you can. Yeah. Um, Fields over to uh, purely again, just for that rushing ability. He will yeah. make plays on the, on the move. And, uh, he didn't yeah, throw he a lot last year, did he? Not for a lot of No, age. but... I mean, is that what stunted his movement up the league? No, I, th- I just think Matt Nagy 
probably lost control of that situation and, and didn't play to the, the the strengths that we have of, of Justin Fields. I think with a new team there, um, with a new coordinator, I think a change of coach actually benefits him. I think you'll see more positive development into mm-hmm. Justin Fields this year. I think you'll see him pass better. I think you'll see him maybe with some designed runs and, and design plays. But I think on top of that, you'll see some of the reasons why they traded up to to get him, even though the, the folks involved are, are long gone. Um, but I think with Fields, Fields, the, he's there for two reasons. One is he's, he's, he's a pretty safe, even though he didn't throw much last season, he still produced pretty safe fantasy numbers. He was still a startable mm. uh, quarterback in the Superflex last year, for example. And he's someone that can elevate up from 16 where he is right now. But um, in fact, a lot of my peers probably have fields over Lawrence. Uh, I can't go there yet because I do have some concerns just because of the, the, the difference of styles is where I do actually penalize fields a little bit, which is what you've kind of alluded to. But I think the reason I have him over Tua is I kind of know what I'm getting with Tua. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, has Tua moved up with the news of last week's trade for Hill? Yeah, so he moved up above uh, above Carr uh, for me, but not much. I mean, he's got a much better weapon now, for sure. Uh, but, you know, the the thing is with, with Tua is we know what we're getting with Tua. Two is going to be fine. Like he's going to be a fine quarterback. He's going to put up. He's going to have decent games. He's going to have not so decent games. But he's not going to have game winning. He's not going to have too many of those high 30, 40 point weeks. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen that often enough to where he's going to have standalone value as a top 12 quarterback on a consistent basis. So that's where for me, Tour is kind of in this. He's fine. If you've got him in a super flex, you're okay. But, you know, if you made that decision to go Justin Herbert and you you passed on him to take Tua, you're probably quite annoyed because Tua is going to be this player who is going to be, he's going to be fine. He's going to be, you know, he'll throw for 250, 270 yards a game. He'll probably get 30 yards on the ground and he'll probably throw a couple of touchdowns. And that's kind of his, his game. Like it's, it's fine. It's not electric. It's not going to shoot the lights out most weeks. So that's kind of what we've got with, with Tua. Fair. And then just below that, we see Malik Willis coming in. So your first rookie. Now, you spoke a little bit about how you try and evaluate through tape and college stats and character as well of a person. Mm. How much of that is factored in potential landing spots? Looking at the draft, looking at the order, looking at who's QB needy. Has that worked in at all? Um, I'm pretty confident he's going to go top 10. So the higher he goes, the more likely he is to start week one, which obviously has some value. But I'm looking at overall outcomes here. And the one thing I'd say with Malik Willis is he's a, a decent traits quarterback, but he can move well. He is, he's, again, he's going to produce those sort of rushing yards that are going to give him a bit of safety in his in his scoring every week. He's going to make mistakes. It's going to be a pretty... I look at Malik Willis and think if he plays in year one, it's not going to be lights out. I think, you know, for me, he could have a very similar rookie year to someone like Trevor Lawrence. And I think that should probably be expected. But I think in the long run, I look at the guys underneath him. So I'm looking at Carr, Jones, Zach Wilson... I just don't see 
I think Willis is going to put together more of those higher higher floor, higher ceiling game weeks than right. Carr, Jones, Wilson. And to be honest, if Willis lands, say, in Atlanta and they start to build some weapons or yeah. he lands mm-hmm. in Carolina where he has weapons, I I would be tempted to move him up over to her. Okay. Just because, again, I think I'm looking at a player who has probably a slightly higher ceiling and a player mm-hmm. who, with his traits will put up points, but it'll be more of a, a marathon or a sprint with him. Whereas I look at players like Carr, Jones, Wilson. Good they're dirty guys. Exactly that. They're going to be yeah. fine. They're not, yeah. then, you know, I'm, I've got nothing against them. I think Derek Carr is an underrated player. I think Mac Jones is. is an underrated player, but for fantasy football, they don't, they're, they're pocket passers. They don't move all that much. They don't um, get you those rushing yards. They're not going to score lots of rushing touchdowns. They're just, yeah, they're safe guys. You're talking about guys who will be, I mean, Derek Carr was, what, third in passing last year, total passing yards, and he still was a fringe top 12 quarterback. And that's like one of the best seasons he's going to have. It's not against him. That's his skill. That's where he is. It's it's not knocking him as a player. It's just the addition of Von Adams might help that, I guess. Yeah, it could could help him a little bit, but I, I don't see him. I don't see him consistently being a 5,000-yard passer, and that is unfortunately yeah. where he would need to be to climb significantly higher. So okay. I think it's not a slight on any of these players, but they're less mobile, so they're not going to have that kind of higher ceiling that uh, allows them to be any higher in the rankings. Fair. So let's move on. Let's go through the position. Let's have a look at quickly if we can your running backs. Uh, yeah. I don't think there's going to be any surprise who comes out on top. No, no surprise at all. <laughs> no. Um, um, I'm going to make a note here on, on Javonta Williams. I currently yeah. have him at three. Based on age, based on opportunity, based on the offense he's going to be in. I will say this now. If Melvin Gordon re-signs, he, he, will, be mo- he will move a little bit down. Not yeah. catastrophic. It's still be in the top ten. But he will drop because that will eat into his opportunity. At least it depends on the contract and etc. But yeah, that's it's, that's the one thing I'm with him. I'd caveat right now. There's still a bit of movement on him. Okay, I mean, I look through this and Brees Hall comes in quite early at seven. Yeah, I, I For think an unknown. Um, I mean, he's... I, I I think Brees Hall. Is potentially the best running back I've seen in the last six or seven years. Uh, that, uh, from what I see, uh, from the traits, from what he did at the combine, from what he did in, yep. in the okay. what he did in the season, I think for me he is someone who is going to be as good, if not potentially, the best rookie that we've had over the last few years. It is landing spot dependent. He could go to somewhere absolutely awful, and he'll tank yeah, yeah. things. Um, but this is assuming he walks into a place and he could be given the opportunity to be a, basically a bell cow day one and get a huge amount of opportunity. He he could that I'm kind of pricing him here at his ceiling. If mm-hmm. if everything landed right for him in the NFL draft, this is where I'd put Brees Hall. Um, okay. But if if he landed somewhere where he wasn't needed, let's say for example the Packers took him. I yeah, it, it just the floor would bottom out on Brees Hall. 
Like it would just it would just shumble down the floor. I don't even know where I'd put him, but he would he would fall probably off that page for sure. Well, it's funny you said the Packers because I look through this list and I, when I sit down and do it, it may fluctuate a little, but nothing stood out to me like it did with the QBs. Um, apart from when we get down to twenty-one and twenty-three, which is yeah. the two Packers running backs, and you still have Aaron Jones above AJ Dillon despite the age and potential longevity. Is there? He still he still has the job, and unfortunately for AJ Dillon, AJ Dillon is what year three in the league now. So this isn't exactly like he's the rookie. I mean, he's the younger player. Yeah. But at this point, AJ Dillon isn't... If this was AJ Dillon, he was going into his second year, I'd probably price him a little bit differently. But Aaron Jones is there. He's got a contract. He's going to be there at least for the next season, maybe the next two seasons. So, And he will be the main guy there. Like He will be the workhorse. He will be uh, the player who have the majority of the work there. I also think the hype on AJ Dillon is, is is a bit spiraled. I'm seeing drafts where AJ Dillon is being taken significantly over Aaron Jones, and I I'm just not there. I'm just not there ultimately. But then I people will look at this draft and go, "Well, why have you got C. Kelly at 16?" Like it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there, there'll be some here that people will look at this and think it's it's a bit strange. But for me, Aaron Jones is I. I think Aaron Jones is. Aaron Jones hasn't really been an unhealthy back. He's played a lot of games, but he hasn't had loads of injuries. He's not had those devastating injuries either. So I look at his opportunity. He is a bit older. I do think he's probably only got sort of two years left. But then in Dynasty, when you're looking at running backs, you're not looking past three years. You're not looking past three years. These guys only have a shelf life of, of three or four years. So, you know, looking at how you would look at a quarterback or how you would evaluate a wide receiver is, is completely different because none of these guys are guaranteed to play past the next year or even two years or even three years. So looking at them in the same prism as a QB and a wide receiver is just, it's just not going to happen. So I think right now, Aaron Jones is the player I would have on my team for next year and for the year after. And that's how I can look at him. I think anything after that would be a bonus, but if he's not there, I'm not that bothered from where I'm drafting him on that list. Fine. The other one that surprised me was way down at 37 is Elijah Mitchell, who a guy who was unexpected against the performer, come in and almost got a starting job in a committee, but in a run-heavy offense. They've obviously lost most of that as well now. Um, but he is all the way yeah. down there, which surprised me. And just one spot above Trey Sermon as well, which I thought was interesting. Now, I'm way lower on Mitchell than consensus and way higher than Sermon on consensus. Okay. Um, So one of the factors that goes into this is I look at draft capital. I look at where players were drafted, what was invested in them. The 49ers traded up for Trey Sermon. You know, they traded up to get him. Elijah Mitchell went after Sermon. Yes, Elijah Mitchell performed very well last year. Yes, he won the lead job. And on 28, 29 of the 32 teams, I would look at that and go, yeah, he's going to be the starter next year. Not with Kyle Shanahan. The way that Kyle Shanahan runs his offenses, it's always a lot of guys, a lot of committee. Anything can happen. You know, the one, the one position that people get wrong every single year is the running back room at the San Francisco 49ers. It's just historically wrong. Ever since Carl Shanahan's been there, 
people were in on McKinnon, then yes, okay, he got hurt. That's harsh. Mm -hmm. It's not a thing to get wrong, but that's what happened. Last year, everyone was in on most hurt. Yes, he got hurt, but also he's not back this year. You know, you're looking at, and whenever there's been, don't forget Mostert had a couple of end of seasons where he was really strong and then didn't get the starting job the following year. It was only last season yeah. that that kind of happened. But they still drafted Trey Sermon. They still drafted Eliza Mitchell. Do you know what? They're going to draft a running back this year. I'm almost guaranteeing that they're going to draft a running back at some point this year. So I don't know what's going on with this room. I'm not convinced that the, the running back room is going to stay Mitchell Sermon and uh, Jeff Wilson. They'll and... add Brees Hall just to throw your everything into the wall. There right? you go. And <laughs> Check that, it that out. Would... out. <laughs> and that, that would throw him all the way down. But then the other thing you've got to factor is, is Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is now getting yeah. carries. And he yeah. eats into that. So I just, for me, I just look at the guys above. I just think Sermon, for me, has as good a shot of getting this job than as Mitchell does. I really believe that. And I look at the guys above and think, I can't take any of those guys over. I just, you know, give me Cordell Patterson over both of them right now. I would, I'd take it. I know Cordell Patterson one or whatever or the is, but I know Cordell Patterson has almost no competition next year. Yeah. I'll get an elite year of Cordell Patterson over and he's got a multi-year deal. So I know he's probably going to be good for two years. Give me that over Mitchell and Sermon right now because I kind of know what I'm getting. I know what I'm getting in Damian Harris right now. I think he's going to be good for at least a year. Kareem Hunt, I know what I'm getting. Chase Edmonds, yeah. I don't know what I'm getting, but I'm willing to take a chance given on what he's been paid. Singletary, again, this is what I mean. I'm just kind of, I'm just not there on, on Mitchell at all. I just really think that that position is up for grabs and we're not going to know anything about it until training camp. And this is a little bit of quite an example where your instinct differs from ADP probably because I'm pretty sure uh, his ADP is not right down there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I won't be having any Elijah Mitchell uh, this season. It's just not going to happen because I just can't seem to I, – I can't take the risk on a player that high not having the, the, the starting gig. Mm-hmm. It's just – and I just don't – I'm not convinced. Until we see something in training camp – I, this just, I'm just not convinced he's going to... I'm not convinced he's earned that outright. Okay. Because, again, the capital's in Sermon. Yep. And, you know, I know Sermon was a healthy scratch week one and, and all of that. But Carl Shanahan's a forgiving bloke. He does look and reevaluate, and he looks at his playbook. The quarterback could be a change. The whole offense could be different next year. Fine. So, moving on then, wide receivers. I'm going to guess there's a lot of rookies up here. Fairly early. Uh, not quite. Um, not because they're not There's talented at all. More top 20 though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, they're all sort of in this top 20 range, I suppose, but none in the top 15. <laughs> um, the one I've been playing my head around all week is Jalen Waller and Jerry Judy. This Jerry Judy is someone I'm not very high on, and I can tell yeah, you now not... I wouldn't have Jerry Judy there. Jerry Judy's for me, is all potential still rather than deliverance. So I, I think Jerry Judy is one of the best route runners. In, well, he was one of the best route runners in college. He was very, yep. very good at what he does. And he has been a victim of poor quarterback play. Mm-hmm. So he, the reason I've got Waddle over Judy is because Waddle's done it and Judy hasn't. That's, the, the, that's literally 
but I could blanket them together. I think they're pretty close. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any major debates here. Chase, after what he did last year, um, he's over Justin Jefferson purely on top of margin. It is margin. I'd have Chase over Jefferson purely on the quarterback longevity of that relationship. There you go. Yeah, that's, and, the only, that's the only separator for me. And we know that Kirk Cousins is going next year, so we don't know who, who Jefferson's yeah. quarterback is going to be. Yeah, so yeah. CeeDee Lamb, I don't think anyone's going to be that shocked. AJ Brown, I don't think anyone's really going to be looking at these. Uh, you know, I, I do have Hill and Adams there. Um, I couldn't move. I, the one that probably shocked people is Debo Samuel. I have him all the way down at 10. And mm-hmm. that's not a slight on him or his talent or anything at yeah, all. Okay with that. I just a little, yeah. I, I think he missed a year as well with injury. Missed a year again. Again, I just need to see what that offense is going to look like. I kind of have downgraded, with the exception of Trey Lance. Everyone's kind of gone a little bit down. potentially a more mobile quarterback, so that might hinder him. Slightly, could could so. have a bit of I'm okay with that. So, but I still think he's a top ten player. Chris Godwin's there now. I've got some Other certainty than, where he's going to be for the next couple of years. Judy, Johnson. one that got me was Terry McLaurin at sixteen. The quarterback situation. I just, you know, I'm not excited by him having Carson Wentz. Oh no, I thought he'd be lower. Okay, <laughs> um, landing spots are still a bit unknown on on these guys. PPR so, 25, 20, 29. He's had injuries. It just seemed for me uh, somebody like Mike yeah, Evans, for small injuries, fantasy wise, can be hit and missing games, but over a season. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is it. This is the year. Enough dreaming about growing my business online. It's time to get serious about selling. In my style. As big as I want to grow. Because there's nothing I can't do. It's time to get Shopify and take my business to the next level. Whoa, someone's ready to take on the new year. Oh, oh, I thought I was talking to myself there. But heck yeah, 2023 is my year. That's not your average resolution. That's a revolution. It's It's a a new New year's Year's revolution. revolution. Start selling with Shopify to join the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth, Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand. From templates that make site design simple to customizations that let you grow at your pace, this is possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. That's shopify.com slash free22. Go to shopify.com to start your New Year's revolution today. Yeah, I think think the two things that go in McLaurin's favour over... Allen, similar age. Yeah. yeah. Just a big difference between, say, Keenan Allen and Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I mean, McLaurin's younger, so that that one does... I mean, McLaurin's, what, year three, year four in the league now. Um, So he is younger. 26 is, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, he has that time. I do think that Washington will change. But also, he's got no competition. That target share is locked. He's getting 25%. Of the of of the targets next year, who who else is going to take balls off him next year? It's not going to happen. 
Yeah. You know, Keenan Allen has uh, Mike Williams, who signed a new contract. Mike Evans has Chris Josh Godwin. Palmer. Yeah, I, listen, they all have they all have merits here. The, the wide receiver landscape is so narrow. You look at 16 to 24 and you think, oh, my God, that's eight places. And a lot of them are rookies in between. Yeah. And those rookies will all move when we see the draft spots. But in all oh, actuality, yeah. that it, we're talking very marginal here. There, there's okay. probably they could all be one tier, they could all be two tiers. It's not a great lift of these players. Wide receivers is just such a small, it's such a large pool, and there's such narrow differences. Like when I do my redraft projections, the differences between like position eighteen and position twenty could be like two points a season, four points a season. Yeah. It's very, very minuscule margins. I just think, for me, where I've got McLaurin right now, target share, lack of competition. The fact is, he's not had big injuries. He's he's had injuries, but he's not had the big injuries. Mike Evans had big injuries. Keith Allen has had big injuries. They're older. Yeah. You know, that's where I gave a bit of benefit of doubt to Terry McLaurin, but it's not huge. It's a very fine margin. These rookies... And these can all, the you know, they're pretty much all these four at least. I know Elijah Moore is kind of in there over Chris Olave, but they could kind of, and Jameson Williams is just there as well. It will all be landing spot dependent. Where are they going to go? Who are they going to catch balls from? The the one I love in this draft, as in love and think is the best wide receiver, is Drake London. I don't necessarily think that for fantasy, he's just. It's just Mike Evans 2.0. I just love him. Mm -hmm. He's just such a great player. I'm looking forward to him. I think Garrett Wilson's probably the most polished player in this draft. Uh, Wouldn't shock me to see him be the first wide receiver off the board. Um, Adam Marcy Brown, we talked about earlier, I have him at 30. Again, people might be slightly disgraced by that, but um, that situation just plays in. Again, he's kind of with Claypool. He's been into a team in the second half of the year with nobody else to catch the ball. And yes, he delivered and he did great, but... He's got to replicate it for me. Well, they got DJ Sharp now. Yeah, and I love DJ. So he Sharp. has he has a competition right. he doesn't have. Um, so yeah, that's where I got these guys. The ones I can see taking big strides this year: Michael Gallup, Gabriel Davis, Donald Mooney. These three here are the three I find Sky the most Moore. difficult. Juju all the way I, down there. Yeah, well, Sky Moore. Even after stops. the Chiefs got rid of one year deal. Where's he playing yeah. next year? I don't know where he's Chiefs. playing next year. Could do. Why not? We don't know. Um, these three, I think, are the most interesting where they are. I think they could easily move up or they could fall off a cliff this year. Well, I think they're yeah. all in a great position to uh, go to the moon, potentially. Sky Moore, okay. slot receiver, is going to get a lot a lot of targets wherever he goes. Pickens, off the injury, again, he could, he could climb up or he could really fall out. Juju. I love Sky Moore. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big Sky Moore fan, but he's a slot receiver. He's going to get a lot of targets. So, yeah. Uh, number one, Russell Gage is another one to watch. I think he could uh, easily move up. I have him at 48. Um, I think that's probably still a bit low, given the fact that he has a three-year deal. But, yeah. By the way, Christian Kirk, with that Where's mega Kedaris? deal, I have him at 53. No. Kadarius Tony, I have there at 45. He still intrigues me. But there's a flux situation there. So yeah. Where and I've got we... some of these some of these older players oh, here. Calvin Ridley oh, obviously. Kenny got a day. Where have you got Kenny? Oh, he's way down. 
Kenny Galloway down at 68. 68 for Kenny Galloway, yeah. He is probably dollar per ranking, the worst valued player in your rankings, I reckon. Probably. Uh, Amari Rogers is an interesting <laughs> one, by the way. He's one to keep yeah. an eye on uh, this year. LaVisca Chenault, if the Chiefs trade for him, that could be interesting. But Antonio not interesting. Brown still there? Yeah, I just think someone picks him up. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, at this point, these are just guys. I mean, Josh Palmer, unfortunately, yeah. takes a massive... And I'm sure there's very little difference for you in these, right? In a draft, oh, you yeah, now at... take your pick. Absolutely yeah. that. We're really looking at just... Um, yeah. These yeah, are big spots that may come to fruition. Yeah, I put Tutu there at the bottom just to have Tutu at the bottom of some rankings. I'm sure there's probably <laughs> some guys I've missed out, but um, yeah. I really don't like Tutu Atwell as a prospect, so he is there. Um, and really quickly, let's shoot on to your tight ends and see what we got here. Carl Pitts, number one, I don't think there's much doubt on that. Uh, Mark Andrews at two, again, I'm, I'm pretty happy with. Kittle over Kelsey, is that just an age thing for you? Yeah, it's just age. Even though Kittle's had the injuries, um, to be honest, I could I could flip and flop those. They're literally like a coin flip. I could I could be fluid on either of those guys. I couldn't kill anyone really either way, whichever way they did it. So I like I, I just, at seven. Yeah, I think Goddard is is a sleeping I love giant. Cole Komet on there just on the fringe of the <laughs> Yeah. Um Albert O though is somebody that surprised me. I'm not sold on Albert O. Sell him to me. Uh I'm not. <laughs> okay. Um, it kind of tells you about the tight end situation, Dan. Um, tight ends, tight ends. Uh, right now, Dynasty, I'll still take Gronkowski over Albert O, and I worry about who I'm going to play next year. Next year, yeah, if and that's if Gronkowski, yeah, I I could, I I wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, I, I just, I just for me, I look at the opportunity that Albert O has with the quarterback and the weapons and think, yeah, do you know what? I could see him being a top 12 tight end. Keep in mind, a top 12 tight end is nothing special in, in fantasy football. No. It, it really is not that important. Like, for me, as much as I've... This is where I... Look, I I, I would probably take the punt on Trey McBride, depending on where he lands, than Albert O. Mm-hmm. But we'll yeah. wait and see. You know, Irv Jr., if he is fit and healthy, he could probably jump out Albert O. But I, yeah. I'll be honest... Cole Komet, to me, is where the line goes. I'm not that fast. I'll I'm just whoever that, out of that group. Yeah. I'm not fast after this. At this point, and like, I'll just take anyone. Whoever's there, like you said, I'll take Gronkowski for a year. I'll punt the, I'll punt the problem next year. Yeah. Uh, Zach Ertz, I'll take him for a year. I'll see what happens next year. You know, it's a perfectly viable strategy. Evan Ingram, I'll see what he does with, with Trevor Lawrence. He might be great. Yeah. I'll take him for a year. We'll see what happens. There's no one here I love. Uh, Greg Dolcich, he might be one as a rookie, could jump up. But there's no one here I love. There's no one here I'd be like banging the drum for here, like Tyler Higby. We know what Tyler Higby is. Mike Gazicki, I think, is is a wash. And Juku, I think, is a wash. Like, I kind of got them there thinking that they might do something, but I'm not convinced. I, I just, yeah. Past He's almost got. I'm not that bothered. It's just like, who do I think? The tight end's almost got three tiers, right? One to seven. Probably eight to about eleven, and then everybody else. No, I put three, I put three move in that top. I'd say one to eight, okay. multiple tiers. I'd say one to four is your elite tier. Yep. Five to eight is your I'm quite happy with tier. Set and forget tier. Yep. 
you're not going to jump off your seat every week, but you're going to be like, yeah, yeah okay. Uh, nine through eleven is yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm okay. And then twelve onwards is fluid situation. It's always well, fluid. Could could hit, could not. Who's who knows? Yeah. And is that how you do your tiers now? We've looked through them. Is it, is it where your value drops, as people say? So you you literally just set it there. So they're your solid guys. They're your I'm okay with that. And is that how you'd almost draw that line? Mm, yeah, I'd probably be a bit more scientific in the approach and where I think points yeah. are going to be. But yeah, in, in Dynasty, I think, yeah, I would be. The, the funny thing is, tiers in redraft is quite easy because I calculate the points, what I predict the projected points are going to be. And I look at where the points tell me they're going to be. And Dynasty is a bit more feel. But yeah, if I was going off my Titan tiers here, I'd be like, this is my elite tier. This is my, yeah, probably be the way I chopped it up. And I'd probably draw a line here and say, yeah, yeah. anyone here. I'd probably have a line from Albert O to Gronkowski and say, okay, if I really missed, I need one of these guys for this year yeah. just to be functional uh, and reliable. And then after that, if I was going from here, I'd be like, I just got to take a guy and I'll just wait. Yeah. At this point, this this tier is, I would just wait. I'll wait to the end and I'll take someone here. I don't care who. It doesn't bother me. Oh. It's still going to be like a Robert Tonyan or Logo Thomas who could be fine or a student yeah. position or whatever. Um, quarterback, slightly more scientific. I would obviously, you've got these two, and then you've got these three, and then you've got these two, yeah. and then you start going through. Again, running back. Yeah. Running back's where the biggest tiers are. You, you could I, my running back tiers is I have Jonathan Taylor in this tier on his own. I have Najee Harris okay, on a yeah. tier in his own. I have these two in a tier on their own, and then I have these okay. three in a tier of their own, and then these two in a tier of their own, and they're more tiers because I think the drop off from someone like Henry to Acres is massive. I think it's absolutely huge. I think the the position of running back, it's yeah. okay to only have one or two players in your tiers. Because the gaps in the top are so big. Look at the finishing points totals of running backs over the last few years. The points total differences between 1 and 12 are huge. Some seasons it's like nearly 200 points. So you can have very, very narrow tiers. Whereas someone like wide receiver, you could have 20 players in your tier. Because... yeah. Yeah. The difference could be twelve points. It it really could just be twelve points. It's like not a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so the other thing I want to touch on is you said about move them. Is it a daily thing or weekly thing at this time of year? Whenever there's news. Whenever there's news, whenever there's uh information that changes the landscape of what I know now. Um so if, for example, there's an injury or a quarterback gets dealt or uh, whatever, whatever piece of news there is, that is what will change this. So it could be anything. Like it could be arrests, it could be depth chart, it could be injury, it could be the NFL draft. The NFL draft is going to cause haywire to this because it's not just going to be the players who get drafted but who are they coming in to replace the whole ecosystem changes as we learn more about the new coaches because there's a lot of new coaches this year 
we start to learn preferences and favourites that they have. It's not just all based on last year's information. It's based on this year. Rookie training camp. Mm -hmm. OTAs. Voluntary training camp. You know, these are all the information that we are going to be looking at over the next few weeks that will change the landscape. So they change quite regularly. To be honest, I kind of leave the dynasty rankings from June and maybe just do little updates here or there and switch more to my redraft rankings because at that point, the rookie drafts are done, the start of drafts are done. You know, it doesn't, your rankings don't mean much when there's not many drafts going on. Um, so I, I keep an eye on make some movements and some changes, but they're less frequent. It switches to redraft then, and then those rankings get the priority. So finally, before we're done, as a avid fantasy player who has never formally put his rankings on, on paper and worked it out, would you say it's a good thing to do? Absolutely. I advocate for this in the books that I've written. I think... Um, I'd say the best way to start, right? Let's say you're crap with Excel. You're crap with numbers and, and all of that. You're just like, I just don't I don't know how to do this. Yeah. Um, I don't want to go and look at all the data from the last few years. I don't want to, whatever, right? Whatever you want to do. It's just like, I'm, I'm just not good with that process. I don't know where to start. Best way to start is go and find the dynasty rankings or whatever rankings you want of the 5, 10, analysts that you mm-hmm. that you rate right that you rate or you yeah. appreciate their advice put them in a sheet literally all next to each other create an average right so just average yeah. them out and then from there you'll create this average of a consensus and then you'll be like then you should go up and go yeah this is telling me that aj brown is below cd lamb but actually i think aj brown is better than cd lamb and then you can make your own revisionist marks. That's the quickest and easiest way to do um, okay. rankings because you're not going to miss anyone. You're going to f- get all the players that you need. Uh, you'll have a baseline to start from that you're trying. You can almost do that with an ADP, right? You can almost find a, a positional ADP. But ADP this time of year will miss players. Yeah. Um, it will still have last year's rankings. It will still have players stupidly high and stupidly low. So. Uh, redraft when you get to redraft season it's better uh but yeah at this point of the year you'll still have players like rojo's far too high uh you'll still have players who shouldn't be as high as they are so you need to get a baseline of rankings best to do that off the analysts that you follow and and like and need and you go from there and then you average them out and then once you've averaged them out you tweak them and then they're your own rankings it's that that is the number one easiest way to get started. And then, you know, if you want to learn more scientific ways, you can reach out to me on, on Twitter and I'm happy to share a sheet or whatever and, and help you talk through, you know, there's projection sheets, there's things you can get that can can help you with all of that. Fair. So, okay, I'm going to take everything I've learned, I guess, and, and compile my own rankings. And, and maybe when we get a another little gap week where there's not much breaking news, we'll sit down and we can dissect how I got on them and how they look in comparison. How's that? Definitely. And and, and the reason you said that you should do it, right? You should do it because it just makes sense and you start to, you know, get your own process. Uh, but also you should go to drafts prepared. You know, if you keep flying on the seat, of your pants, you will miss things. It just happens. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, you go to a draft, if you don't have cheesies, if you don't have tiers presented, you will miss things. If you don't write your tiers down and you go into a draft, you'll just take a player thinking, oh, well, it's the fourth round. I'll take Cooper Cup here or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And then actually it turns out that probably wasn't the best move. And then you end up missing out and then you miss the run and you go, oh, I should have gone running back because it's gone running back, running back, running back. And now I've missed out on my, you know, next three running backs. Now, instead of getting Leonard Fournette, I'm now going to well, get... Two tiers down. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's why you should do it. And that's why okay. I always advise to people, even if you can't create a sheet, get some rankings, average them out, create your own. And just do it. Draw some lines with some tiers where you go, right. And the way to define a tier for you, if you've never done it before, is group players together and just do what I did with the tight ends. These are the ones I think are elite. These are yeah. the ones I think what we said. Yeah. I'm all right with. And go from there. You know, you don't, you don't have to be a scientific method. Do what's right for you and then just make your adjustments accordingly. Fine. We shall do that. Murph, anything you wish to add before we call this one a night? No, man. Just it's been a lot of fun and, uh, it has, you know, learned a lot. Reach, reach out to reach out to me if you have any questions. Do. All right. Until next week, Murph, sign us off. Thanks, everyone, Rush Nation. Don't forget, we've got an amazing guest next week. I cannot wait for next week's guest. I'm telling you, He's a person I look up to, a person I greatly admire. So I'm really thrilled to have him on the show next week. He is, for me, the best in the business. So I'm excited for that. But don't forget, until then, as always, keep rushing. a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.